following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Somebody put something. Somebody put something in my drink. Uh huh. Damn, that's scary. You know, I, I, I sometimes I think about that because they definitely are laying in wait. Laying in wait, right? Yeah, they're usually just like ready to go as soon as the thing fucking opens up, and they they leap out just like, get the fuck out of my pyramid. But like, I imagine like Eric Andre goes through the same shit when he's waiting in a trash can dressed as like a bird or something. Exactly. What I'm saying is there's got to be just a plethora of random thought that crosses your mind while you're just kind of sitting there in the dark, anticipating a random Tomb Raider to come along. Like, have you ever waited around the corner to surprise someone, you know, and after about 15 seconds, your mind just starts wandering and you forget why you're actually there. Oh, yeah, I totally do. And then I see the person and I'm like, there's something I was supposed to tell you and I can't remember what it was, but really I was going to scare them. Yeah, so consider instead of just the couple of minutes that you're doing that, you're an ancient, immortal, zombified husk of a human being that's been there for centuries and uh, you're just in the dark with nothing but your thoughts. What do you think about? Ah, geez, I don't know. Probably fucking. You know what? You're right. It's just fucking. It's just fucking, yeah, right? The answer is absolutely fucking. All right, well, I guess that debate's over. Someone should probably warn Lara Croft. I beg your pardon. <laughs> hey, everybody. everybody. We're Damn! Scary! I have no intention of making a spectacle of myself, thank you. We're getting better My at that. My name is Micah. I'm is. coming out of Reno, Nevada. Over there in Buffalo, New York, I am joined alongside my illustrious co-host, Greg. How you doing, Greg? Gather around. I'm the new fool in town. And my sound's laid down by the earth. Hey, real quick, man. Back on that that little opener bit there. Uh, Do you think Lara Croft was raiding all those tombs because she was horny? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think she was anticipating, let's just call it an assault by a uh, mummified corpse because you know like some people are into like fucking trees fucking donkeys yeah is there a term for like fucking like mummies oh yeah so that's a necrophiliac that's a straight up yeah that's a that's yeah, a- no 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 i know but but mummies aren't like they're a different form of the dead what's a zombie when you when you really break it down i guess it's just a zombie yeah okay necrophilia fine we'll have it your way well i mean it's not really my way <laughs> No, it sounds like it's your way, Greg, but that's fine. We'll just do things the Greg way. Hold the pickle, hold the lettuce. Special orders don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us serve it your way. You could do that really funny thing when you go to, like, pull out. Like, the bandage gets caught on your dingus. And let it me has stop like you a, right there, my friend. Like a, I don't pull out. You could do, like, a little, like, Looney Tunes bit where, like, you, you, you're, okay, fine. You're done. You're going to unenter. And then, like, you know, your, your, your dingus gets caught on one of those little bandages, and he goes into, like, a top spin. And then I run face first into a cave that's painted on the side of a mountain, except it's a big metaphor, and the cave is AIDS. Greg, did you check out anything good this week, brother? I watched a movie about a mummy this week. Is that all you did? Well, I watched another movie also about a mummy this week. Okay, good. I, uh, I read one of those articles. About a mummy this it- week? No, no, not, I, I took a break from Mummy Weekly and I was reading People magazine and in People, they had a list of like, you know, oh God, the top 20 most controversial, most extreme films you've ever seen. And like, I'm going through them. I was bored. I, okay. I may have been taking a shit. I don't know. Uh, probably. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, Pretty much every time uh, I call you, you are on the toilet. Okay, fine. You want to. Every time, call, call me out on it right now on uh, on our podcast. But sure, whatever. I have. You're also uh, always wearing that hat. I think it's. I think you keep it in the bathroom, hanging on a little hook right above your toilet. The uh, hat never leaves my head, dude. This hold is on a literally. Are you, are you sitting on a toilet right now? <clears throat> what? Uh... Okay. 
I. Yeah, so I'm reading this and it's like, you know, the extreme films, whatever. And I always feel compelled to watch these movies. And on the list, you had shit like, like Irreversible, mm-hmm. obviously Serbian film. Sure. Uh, and I, there's one that like always kind of slipped by me. And I, I never watched. And after I was done reading it, I decided to turn it on. I think I know where you're going with this. Salo. That's that, a classic. Or what is it? Like uh, 120, 120, days, 120 of days of Sodom? That fucking movie. Oh, God, no. What the fuck? It's upsetting in every possible way. I don't know how that... I felt like what I watched was illegal. In many of our uh, lush 50 states of the United States of America, yes, that probably is not legal to film and or view. But is it legal in, like, Italy? Anything goes in Italy, man. I mean, I know you could slap women and then they just fall in love with you, but I didn't know that you could do what just, they did in this movie, which I'm, I'm not even going to repeat any of this shit. Let me just put it this way. The classic film, Sallow, 120 Days of Sodom has a very European sensibility about it. Yeah, European, I'm a peon, everyone's a peon. Hey, if you're African when you go into the bathroom... I gotta tell you, I don't recommend this movie to anybody. No, it's not entertaining. It it really isn't. I watched it the whole way through because I thought there was gonna be a payoff. I thought there was gonna be like... Well... Okay, I will give a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a synopsis here. It's a group of, I guess, like the richest men in Italy. Fascists. They go go to like an orphanage, whatever, and they Mm -hmm. get themselves nine boys, nine girls. I'm guessing they're, what are they, like 16, 17? Well, let's just say their intentions are bad. They take them to this mansion in who knows the fuck where. It's surrounded by armed guards and 120 days of them doing whatever they want to do to these kids. And it's just awful. Fucking fascist! But I thought there was going to be a payoff. I thought all these guys were going to get brutally fucking killed. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. At what point in this film did you come completely become disgusted with it and turn it off? I sat the whole way through, dude. Oh, made it further than I did. Well, because I thought there was going to be like that big bloody finale. Fucking Nazis. This isn't what I need in my life right now. It's also not really even a horror movie. It's, it's, it's just kind of I, I thought it was. Why is it on the fucking list? They were Nazis, dude. Oh, come on, Donnie. They were threatening castration. Uh-huh. This is kind of an existential dread about it. I guess like a true horror type thing. Uh, true horror is in your soul. You need to dig real deep and really analyze after 90 minutes of sodomy and degradation you need to ask yourself micah why is this turning me on (laughs) only you know the answer to that (laughs) i'll never tell okay greg yes fine it was when she ate the shit okay i knew it i just couldn't stop (laughs) i can't stop Yeah, that movie was gross, and uh, honestly, I think you're a little bit gross for watching it. I wish you never told me that. Can we quickly move on? So there was this episode of SpongeBob that I watched immediately afterwards, though. Okay, all right. Uh, let's go with that. What it was, was it about? the uh, ravioli, ravioli, give me the formaroli. Oh, the 120 Days of Bikini Bottom episode. <laughs> Where Sandy Cheeks is eating Patrick's shit. Jesus Christ. The dilated starfish in that one was just too much. We can call it Patrick if you want. Oh. oh man, Greg! Come on, Greg! Fucking asshole! Did you check out uh, the new Predator preview? Of course I did. Who do you think you're talking to here? Hey, well, how do you how do you feel about this one, baby cakes? The same way I felt about every other one. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, right. man. I love Predator. Predator is great. I love that last Predator movie that oh, yeah. everyone seemed to hate. The 2010 Predators. Eh, whatever, but it was still cool that you got to see a bunch of fucking predators. You know what? They get better, they get worse. It's a real up and down sort of roller coaster ride when you're getting into the Predator franchise. It's a uh, real Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, but I feel like it's on the upswing. Yeah. Now you may be thinking you're talking about hot and cold. No, no, no. I'm saying one minute Kelly Clarkson's skinny, next minute she's fat. That's exactly what I meant by that. Yeah, but dude, like, so I actually always kind of wanted like an old timey predator movie like mm-hmm. like predator versus some cowboys you know 
or predator versus like some ancient roman centurions yeah predator versus some sailors some goddamn cavemen predator versus jesus predator versus dinosaurs predator versus the third reich predator versus the black plague predator versus abortion predator versus roe versus wade <laughs> predator versus the people of new york predator versus the volcano predator versus canada predator versus the last crusade predator versus the mummies predator versus the werewolf predator versus the aztecs predator versus the last samurai predator versus the nwo predator versus the wcw predator versus problem child predator versus problem child 2 predator versus toxic avenger predator versus kabuki man predator versus lloyd kaufman predator versus andy kaufman but you know what you can't go wrong with predator versus arnold schwarzenegger carl weathers jesse ventura and, and billy, billy god damn dudes <laughs> i'm gonna have me some fun okay yeah so i am super stoked about prey i guess it's called now yeah it's like the it's the inverse predator dude this is actually really exciting and i think you're going to be a big fan of this mm -hmm. because it has that rick and morty style animation Beautiful. uh there is a scooby-doo spinoff called velma it Love is it. supposed to be adult gory and hilarious there isn't a trailer or anything for it, but there is an image out and it's the inside of a locker room and there's a bunch of naked babes. Velma is standing over top of a corpse with the top of the head severed clean off and the brain is missing. Everything about that sounds incredible. The series was actually ordered by HBO Max and apparently this is going to have the same feel of that show Harley Quinn that I'm a big fan of. Oh yeah, it's a good style. If it's written like the show Harley Quinn, if it's written like Rick and Morty, I think we're going to have ourselves a really good fucking show, dude. Well, maybe you'll be able to understand it. I don't know if I'm smart enough to really get that Rick and Morty style of humor, to be honest. Oh, well, hey, you know, you have to be smart. A little above my pay grade. You're just going to be a Jerry over there and try to tell me you enjoy Rick and Morty? Yeah, my understanding of uh, quantum physics is, let's just say, retarded. <laughs> Real Daniel Day-Lewis. I actually can't <laughs> read. I'm sorry. I've never admitted this to you before. Oh, it's because you can't pay attention. There's a crayon in my brain. Uh oh. Well, hey, man. You remember how awesome Mad Max Fury Road was? It's amazing. So awesome, right? So director George Miller, he's coming back with this new flick called 3,000 Years of Longing. I love him so much. It is a visionary and beautiful tale of a woman who's played by Tilda Swinton, who I okay. adore. I adore yeah. Tilda. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, who is uh, hanging out with her gin. And I don't mean a bottle of gin. No, no, no. I'm talking about a genie. What the fuck? Played by uh, the, I think it was 2019 sexiest man in the fucking universe. Idris oh, Elba. Smith. Oh, no. Who'd you say? Idris Elba. Will Ilba. Smith. Uh, <laughs> Wait. One of these men has played a genie to much aplomb in the past. The other, I'm a little bit questionable about. Jasmine. But it's Idris, Idris, Idris Elba. The Ibis. Ibis. Ibis Eldra. Ibis. It's in keeping with our Egyptian theme this month. Anyways, the trailer is out for this fucking movie. It's okay. coming out in theaters August 31st. It looks fun. Not really horror, but you know, genies are bad if you ever watch Wishmaster. Wait a minute, this isn't, There's, a, this isn't a horror movie? It has horror elements. So what's going to happen? They're going to, she's going to hang out with a genie. It's just going to be like a good time. Like fucking. Aladdin. I don't They're probably going to like fall in love with each other. I don't fucking know. What are you going to do now? Wait, wait, wait. Um, tell me, tell me to do something. Um, um. <sighs> That's weird. There's not a whole lot of room in those lamps. There's not a lot of room in a pokeball, but there's orgies in those things all the time. Thank you. Thank you, Jeannie. I owe you everything. Jeannie, I'm ready. Hold on. Here we go. That's because none of them have any bones. <laughs> That's what you think. Hey, did you check out the show on Hulu? 
only murders in the building with Steve Martin and Martin Short. It was awesome. It's so good. I'll watch anything with Steve Martin and Martin Short. I love those two so much. And they this... might be my two favorite amigos. Oh, yeah, because the other one's Chevy, and he's a fucking cuck. In my day, Friday night was smoke a doobie, feel up a gal, and then get your teeth knocked out by a Dude, there is a season two trailer out for only murders in the building. That is amazing news. I love it. Dude, I'm so stoked for this. June 28th, check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know I'm a man who loves a good mystery. Yeah. Like, where did that stain come from? Or who the hell is sleeping in my car? Why is there a crayon in my ass? It was me! I mean, I know why. Oh, son of a bitch! What? All right, man. One more little tidbit here on the news this week that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I know you had a chance to check it out. Rebecca Hall is coming back after her paralyzing performance in the Night House. What am I going to do about my legs? It blew my dick off. It sent so many emotions through my body. It was it was a lot to handle. You're a pussy. So Rebecca Hall is back for a new psychological and terrifying thriller called Resurrection. And it looks confusing? It looks very fucking confusing but i'm happy about that because the trailer for this doesn't give fuck all away and god damn it we need more trailers like this you know what you had me at tim roth yeah tim roth and rebecca hall are both in this motion picture wait it is did you actually mention tim roth yet nope well everybody tim roth is in this movie yay tim roth is in this and it turns out that's a selling point for me and i think probably for many of you Quick little rundown on the movie. Margaret Lee, who's played by Rebecca Hall, leads a successful and ordinary life, Mm -hmm. perfectly balancing the demands of her busy career and single parenthood to her fiercely independent daughter, Abby. And she's just trying to have it all in the big city. Continue. (laughs) A whole bunch of shit happens, but that careful balance is upended when an unwelcome shadow from her past David, who plays by Tim Roth, returns carrying with him the horrors of Margaret's past. The trailer is confusing as fuck. Check it out. Resurrection. It'll be in theaters and on demand August 5th. Well, that sounds fucking fantastic. Yes, it does. But you know what else sounds fucking fantastic? Saying we're sorry. Deal with it, Greg. Come on, Greg. I hate this part of the episode. It's like going into the confessional booth with the priest and then getting buggered by him. That's funny. You know I've been repressing that for years. Please don't bring it up. Sorry, buddy. But uh, Father Johnson, no! Yes, everyone, it is time for the apology corner. Matt! Make us feel sad. Tickle those eyelids. Ooh, could you do? Greg, I would very much like to go first. Okay. Uh, I feel like there was a little bit of confusion last week uh over the stargate keanu reeves argument that we had i mean maybe uh, for you i'm i'm pretty confident about what went no, on there. no 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 i'm still actually fairly certain that sinbad was in a movie about a genie and keanu reeves was in stargate mm. um i haven't rewatched it to verify it yet but um i i think what the issue is here is that there's something that you want and there's something that you think you're gonna get <laughs> and it's not gonna happen I am not going to Buffalo, New York to perform fellatio on you. Then you better not come to Buffalo, New York at all, my friend. Because I'm going to be waiting. I mean, I'll give you a hug. You could give me some tattoos. We could drink. We could eat some mushrooms. We could ride bikes together. Whatever you want to do, baby. But I'm not going to do that thing that you think I'm going to do. If you put a time limit on that hug, I will literally murder you. Uh, if anyone's confused by this, tune in to our last episode, episode 81. Probably our best episode. Probably. But, I mean, that's either here nor there. Um, Greg, I I can't do it. I'm Suck sorry. my d- I can't. No, I'm sorry. I'm not. No. You owe me. Why are you being so mean about it? You made a mistake and now you owe me. <laughs> I don't like that. Oh. Come to Buffalo. I'm starving. That wasn't me speaking. That was the alcohol. You drink a lot. Okay. But I'm sorry. I don't mean to let you down, but it's not going to happen. He's a little judgmental there, but we'll, we'll move on from here. Okay. I feel better about not giving you head. 
I'm gonna be upset about this for a while. You're gonna have to get over it. I said I'm sorry. Fuck, is that how this works? Yeah. You know what? I'm starting to understand the apology corner now, I think. Yes, yes, this is how it works. So I guess it's my turn. My apology is uh, kind of in a totally different direction. It has nothing to do with the two of us exchanging uh, oral favors, <laughs> unfortunately. My apology this week is for one Mila Jovovich. Jovovovich? She's too rich to apologize to. Well, last week I kind of mentioned her latest film in a bit of negative light. No real surprise there. So I just want to say Monster Hunter, the feature film, was bad. But it's really not that bad considering the source material. I will, however, never apologize to Paul W.S.M.F. Anderson. Because he makes bad movies out of the game franchises that I love. But he doesn't even have the common decency to be a total asshole about it, like Uwe Boll. I think I said that right. <laughs> Probably. Also, quick follow-up. Sorry to Uwe Boll for that unnecessary insult. Please don't come to my house with your Nazi friends and kill me. <laughs> and one more time. Sorry about that thing I just said about you being a Nazi. I'm 99% sure that you're just a Germanic dickhead. Which is not the same thing. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Pretty sure Keanu Reeves How many blowjobs do you want to owe me by the end of yeah, He did a bunch of Resident Evil movies and, of course, Monster Hunter, but he also did Event Horizon and Mortal Kombat. So you can't hate on him that much. I never said I hated him. Oh, you did apologize to him. You know yeah. what? I'm sorry. kind of love him, really. Because yeah, he did He's great. Event Horizon. Mortal Kombat, <laughs> a bunch of <laughs> Resident Evil movies, <laughs> and of course, Monster Hunter. Yeah, but he did do Alien vs. Predator. Fuck! Oh! The hey, queen was let's... too big. The queen too was big! too big! Too big! It's not a fucking Pixar movie. And normally on this show, we're a couple of guys who love big queens. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I support my big queens out there. Sometimes my big queens support me. It gets emotional. Yep. Hey, little bitch. All right, Greg, we are going to be continuing our mummy month. Mummy. Mummy. And we. Oh. oh, oh. Go ahead. Let's just continue the month and change. Okay, fine. We'll do a chant for June. Promise. Uh, <laughs> tell me about the chant, Micah. We are continuing mummy, okay. and we are going back down to the root of it all, baby. This is the oldest flick that we have covered, a true classic, one of the original Universal Monsters. I am talking about 1932's The, the Mummy. Mummy. This movie was billed with just big, bold letters, and it said Karloff. And that was the main attraction to this motion picture was Boris Karloff. He was immediately coming off of his Frankenstein fame. Yes. Now, Boris Karloff, he's been in uh, Hollywood forever, right? He started in the 20s. He did a bunch of silent films and shit like that. His career didn't take off until he was in his 40s when he played as Frankenstein. And his head and got all was, big. His head got huge. He got really lurch-like. Got some uh, neck bolts. Now, I know everybody hears stories about, like, the Wizard of Oz and the makeup they used on that. This is the same shit Boris Karloff was using, but Boris Karloff wasn't a bitch. He took it like a goddamn man. He's a man uh, who could glue his pee hole shut and not start crying about it. He could glue his pee hole shut and super glue his dick to his belly button, stand on his head, piss out of his nose. Not if it's glued shut. That's why he pissed piss out of his nose, Greg. No, I mean, if his nose was glued shut. Oh, yeah, 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 but they didn't glue that shut. This is dick hole. Everything uh, was glued shut. That's why it was so uncomfortable. Yeah, that explains a lot. Couldn't uh, breathe, couldn't pee. He just had to make those groaning noises out of his mouth. Lon Chaney gave Boris Karloff a ride somewhere in Hollywood. Boris Karloff was a little down on his luck. He gave him a ride and he explained. Sounds like uh, a euphemism. Sure. I mean, it was old Hollywood. You know, they were doing weird shit back then. But he told him, do something. The old universal make... handshake. I've That's... heard of these things. Yeah. The universal monster. Yeah. You hit dude... the monster in my pocket. <laughs> Directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> Starring Lon Chaney and uh, the other guy. What's his name? Karloff? 
Boris, Boris Karloff, dude who I've been fucking talking about for the past 10 minutes. Wasn't he the Wolfman? Oh, he was the Phantom of the Opera. No. And Dracula. No. And uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon, I think. No, no. Everything you're saying is incorrect. See the Mothman. <laughs> but yeah, dude, Lon Chaney was the one that actually told him, you got to stand out, do something different, do your own thing, stop doing these cookie cutter roles. And that's when he glue your took the role shut. of Frankenstein, yeah. glue your dick hole shut. Then he went off to portray as the mummy. And that's where his career really took off in his 40s. And mm-hmm. he did about 100 more pictures after that, eventually going off in the 60s where Roger Corman actually picked him up and started using Boris Karloff for a lot of his films, including The Raven, which was also starring Vincent Price. The Terror starring a very young Jack Nicholson, where he plays a, a count or, or some shit. Or Raven. his wife. Or, or yeah, he played a bird in that too. Yeah. And he was working with Roger Corman up until his passing in 1969. 69, dudes! The year of our Lord. But dude... Everybody knows Boris Karloff. You don't need a history lesson from me. I mean, he was the Grinch. He was Forrest Gump. What am I going to do about my leg? Actually, no, Forrest Gump met him. On the set of the Grinch. Yeah, on the set of the Grinch. Yeah, Yeah, okay. You were cold as ice, Jenny. But all right, dude, enough of this shit. Let's get into our list of characters. 1932, the mummy, Greg Craig. Take her away, baby. Well, our first character, as you mentioned, is the titular mummy. To be more specific, his name is Imhotep. He is a centuries-old walking corpse, a fez rocker, a party crasher, a man killer, a mind fucker, a soul stealer, a dusty old dick, and a devoted lover. He's got a real dusty dick. And he is played by Lon Chaney. Just terrible. Oh, <laughs> or is Karloff. He also might as well be goddamn Dracula. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Because our next character is Helen Yeah, she sure, is Helen. an Egyptian debutante, a socialite, a narcoleptic, a priestess of Isis, oh, a cat lover, a highly suggestible shell of a human being, and she's going to be our Mina for the evening. Helen is played by Zita Johan. Zita Johan actually had it out with the director of the movie. Yeah. But she is, uh, she's absolutely phenomenal. She died at age 89 back in 1993. She's, uh, she's actually from Austria, Greg. Greg! I knew that. Oh, did you now? Yeah, they're all highly contentious over there. She was active in film up until around, I think, like 1986 where she did Raiders of the Living Dead. That's my second favorite Raiders movie. Yeah, she was in a lot of exploitation films in the day. Love it. Absolutely. So this movie was from 1932, right? Yeah. Was she the first woman to live to be like 150 or what? She died at the age of 89 in 1993. Okay, so she was 12 in The Mummy. She actually popped up in the sequel, The Mummy's Hand. Well, she definitely needed a job. So next we have Ralph Norton, who is an impulsive archaeologist, a curious adventurer, a madman driven insane by mummy magic, and an Indiana Jones. This is Bramwell Fletcher. He died in 1988. He's in a bunch of black and white films that you've never seen or heard about. And he's going to be our Quincy Morris for the evening. He's totally Quincy. There's a lot of parallels here. I think you kind of... See what I'm getting at, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to pick it up. And then we have Sir Joseph Wimple, which I think I am pronouncing correctly. Probably. Definitely not Wimple. It's Quimple. Quimple. He's an intellectual, a learned man, a cautious, skeptical curse denier, a master of the hieroglyph, and a high cholesterol bitch. He's so good at having heart attacks. The best. Yeah, this is Arthur Byron. Uh, he died in 1943 at the age of 71 due to cirrhosis of the Cholesterol. Liver. Oh. Yeah. And he is going to be our John Seward. Okay. I can see that. Yeah, right? Yeah. Pretty yeah, close. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty close. Pretty close. Not to be outdone by young Frank Wimple, who is Joseph's loyal son. He follows in his father's footsteps. He's an archaeologist, a romantic a grave robber, a shameless flirt, and a walking fedora. 
This actually won't be the uh, first or last time that he played with Karloff. He was also in The Black Cat. Mm-hmm. He was in The Death Kiss. Oh, yeah. He was in Hearts Bondage. And then you know he, he did a bunch of these weird exploitation films throughout like the 30s and 40s and then uh something obscure called sallow i mean i've i don't know if anybody's seen that (laughs) you're gonna love this greg he's a shit eater even better oh he played john harker in the 1931 dracula well that's just goddamn perfect isn't it i'd say so it's the part i was born born to to play play, baby. baby and i hope he wore a fedora in that one too i'm sure he did so then next we have dr mueller Muller, Mueller, Mueller, Bueller, Mueller, Bueller. Anyone? Anyone? Mueller. Anyone? Anyone seen this before? He is a serious man of science, a medical examiner, a harbinger, and a dime store Van Helsing. <laughs> 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 Helsing in 1931's Dracula, starring Bella Lugosi. Well, that's probably why he was cast in this movie because he's playing like the same role, more or less, just with a whole lot fewer things to do. Yeah, basically. He also worked with Boris Karloff in Frankenstein as well. And in Salo, 120 Days of Sodom. 120 days inside your ass. 120 days in the sarcophagus. He would also work with Boris Karloff in the motion picture before i hang all these guys always just kind of they did shit together huh he's also worked with bella lugosi multiple times yeah they did a Uh, lot of shit together it all originates at the universal handshake yeah universal uh, universal studios man then you're bonded for life i guess so once a group of men share a secret it's difficult to separate them and they just have no choice but to work together for decades and decades uh, lest the public find out. <laughs> this is why you are stuck on this show forever. Hey, when are you coming back to Buffalo? And I would be remiss if I didn't mention a minor character, but an important one. I almost cringe to say it, but I'm just going to throw it out there. This is a little guy that I just like to call Nubian Renfield. <laughs> and I'm only saying that because he is listed as such in the opening and closing credits of this film. Yep. Minus the Renfield part. But this is Imhotep's African thrall and a loyal servant through hypnosis. Yeah. He would do literally anything Anything. Imhotep asked him for. Yep. Anything. Anything. No questions asked. That includes doing his laundry, taking out the trash. Buying him tacos, walking his dog, ducking his dick, anything. Also, the credits list a mysterious, quote-unquote, Saxon warrior who never actually appears in the film and was only in a single cut scene, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention him. R.I.P. Sweet, sweet Saxon. John Saxon from Nightmare on Elm Street. Or Saxon the band, whom we all know and love. I'm more of a jackal guy myself. Yeah, me too. Saxon kind of sucks. Saxon sucks, dude. I tried to like Saxon and I can't. Tell me how hard you tried to like Saxon. I heard a couple of their songs and I'm like, these guys suck. Speak your terms, Saxon. More like Saxon. Okay, let's go back to 1932. Where the unemployment rate was at 24%. Where uh, Amelia... Uh, uh, uh. 1921, my friend. All right. 1921, Greg. The title screen pans over a bunch of Egyptian prop toys. And we are introduced to the Scroll of Thoth. The Scroll of Thoth. Thoth. Uh, Herein are set down the magic words by which Isis... Durka, Durka. Raised Osiris from the dead. Oh, Amon Ra'o, oh. God of gods. Death is but the doorway to new life. We live today. We shall live again. In many forms we return, Almighty oh One. Yeah, the story checks out. Yeah, okay. It basically says that death is not the end for the mighty Imhotep, 
as he is a true mummy and will rise again. Hey, did you notice anything unique about the opening score? Have you heard that before? I did, actually. Oh, really? Where? It's pretty much the, uh, the same opening score to Dracula. Yep. Right? Yes, it is the same fucking score. Uh-huh. Yep. All around the world, the same song. All around the same song. So we see a British field expedition in 1921 led by Sir Joseph Whimple, who has discovered the titular mummy. Yeah, you got him and two other dorks hanging out, putting pieces of a slab together like a fucking at-home puzzle piece set. At-home puzzle piece set. And you got big old Boris Karloff hanging out in a mummy tomb right behind him, propped up against the wall. And I love that their backs are turned to him, treating him like he ain't shit. Dr. Mueller declares this shriveled husk to be dead forever. And he reads the hieroglyphics on his sarcophagus, which say that he is cursed to a double death, the kind that you're not supposed to revive from. Nope. So our main heroes bring out a tiny casket, which is also marked with a curse. Only this time, it is a warning for anyone who dares to open it. Yeah, it says if you open this, you're going to suck my dick, suck my dick. You're fucked forever. Yeah, yeah. You're basically, if you open this, you're going to be dead forever. Go fuck yourself. Dr. Mueller warns them not to open it, but Ralph is way too smart for him. I beat the smart kids. I beat the smart kids. So he just waits for him to leave and then pops that shit right open. It's like me on Christmas uh, when you know the presents are being wrapped. I find them. I peek inside. I know what I'm getting. Whatever. Except Ralph isn't masturbating. I didn't say anything. Oh. But Ralph very easily lifts the lid off of this tiny casket to find the scroll of thought, which is rumored to have the power to raise the dead. And boy, howdy does it. He reads it like a badass. In our titular mummy slowly reanimates to menace him to the point of complete madness i love that like he doesn't kill him all he does is slowly like stagger up to him and he's like hey buddy uh i'm gonna take this okay thanks hey you got any scrolls hey man i'm taking this i've been in there for a while can i bum a smoke off you I was a real quick on my way out. I'm just going to wrap your mind. All right, have a nice life. So this guy turns into the Joker right away. Oh, yeah. Sir Joseph busts in to ask why Ralph is laughing like a maniac. And Ralph just tells him, hey, there was a mummy here. Pretty sure his name was Imhotep. And uh, he just went for a little walk. I almost died. My dad was a raisin and a husk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump forward 10 years, 11 years, 1932. Okay, so now we're in 1932, where I could tell you the unemployment rate was at 24%, leaving thousands of people sleeping in their cars and homeless. Amelia Earhart flew across the Atlantic. Charles Lindbergh's son was Kim Beck. Kim Beck. BBC aired its first TV program, Buck Rogers debuted. The Bonus Army was attacked by the U.S. military just because they were trying to get paid for fighting in World War One. And Adolf Hitler was developing some very controversial ideas. He was. You are correct, sir. This is 1932, Year of Our Lord, and little Frank and a French professor talk about how Ralph had lost his mind 10 or 11 such years ago when a guy who's totally not Imhotep rudely walks in the room and interrupts them. My name is Guy Incognito. Yeah, totally not the mummy. Absolutely not the same guy, right? No, he doesn't look like he's full of dust. He doesn't look like he's decaying at all. And his mannerisms are incredibly casual. Yes, not those of a mummy. He's definitely not some kind of unfrozen caveman lawyer. I'm just a caveman. I fell in some ice and later got thawed out by some of your scientists. Your world frightens and confuses. But he does tell them where to dig to find a hidden Egyptian temple. 
which houses the sarcophagus of an Egyptian princess. Oh, he is specifically very interested in. Yeah, he's all about digging up her bones, just like Johnny Graves. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So they do what he says, and they find the tomb of Imhotep's mummy wife. Everything they find inside is just shipped over to a museum. The excavation goes well. They find a bunch of artifacts. They find a bunch of mummy corpses, some sarcophagi. And uh, we just jump cut right to a museum where Imhotep, the man himself, is staring lustily at the sarcophagus of his deceased lover. Yeah, and I got to tell you, he's got that look in his eyes that he just wants to fuck. Yeah, Yeah. we've all seen that. Oh, my God. Now, you were saying earlier about, like, you're in that tomb and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And it's Mm -hmm. just like. Obviously, you're just thinking about fucking. Oh, yeah. You're going to recognize that look when I meet you at the airport when you finally arrive in Buffalo. Okay. With payment in hand. I just, it, God damn it. I don't want to. No. Yet when you come, you sound like Ray Romano. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of a mix between Ray Romano and Kermit the Frog. <laughs> One day we'll find it. The rainbow connection. And the world looks kind of weird. And you wish that you weren't there. <laughs> I don't do it. I don't do a good Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> Just a skip and a jump from Ray Romano to Kermit to Pee Wee to Eminem. Are they the four horsemen of the apocalypse? Oh my God. I think they might be. Ray Romano, ah! Kermit the Frog, Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> In Eminem. Eminem, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They will herald in a day of judgment in which the righteous will be raptured and the guilty will descend into hell. And on your way to falling in hell, you just hear. So Imhotep reads from the scroll of Thoth while Cairo's wealthy elite enjoy a debutante ball. Helen gets bored, but not like the deadly kind, and leaves in a car. Yeah, but she doesn't just leave because it's like on her own free will. It's because she's glamored by the vampire. I mean, mummy. He's on drugs. It was clearly mummy roofies. I'm pretty sure it was opium. There was a lot of that going around in Cairo back then. Dude, so much opium. The opium flowed like wine. Yeah. Made me horny. Something happened to me. And I've never done opium. I'm just horny because I've been in this tomb for a long time. I'm so lonely. (laughs) Not anymore. Come to Buffalo. (laughs) I'll solve all your problems. So as she is being driven away, she is hypnotized by mummy brainwaves and goes to the museum? For some reason yeah doors are locked she can't get in that was kind of goofy to me like was imhotep did he did he bank on her showing up was it a fluke was it a whoops i was trying to raise this corpse instead this broad started banging at the door i think he was summoning know. her he was summoning her soul to him but the weird thing about this is he doesn't operate out of any sort of like pyramid or like secret mummy lair or anything he's in a museum like, he's just in a museum yeah he's just he's in a just a room where all of his stuff was stolen and deposited i guess it's like safer there i don't know but like well he's also trespassing so dude at the same yeah but no you're getting into oj simpson's territory right now you're gonna have a lot of arguments with docents after hours when you do that kind of thing and i can tell you from experience it never ends well you're leaving in cuffs and dude this is totally like a dracula dead and loving moment uh, i remember the whole like uh lucy it will wake up and you will open the door and he's glamoring yeah. like other people and shit like that what if the soul of this this ancient princess was like in the Bronx or some shit, and she started walking to the ocean and just drowned. What if it was in like, like a six-year-old? That'd be <laughs> awkward. I didn't know we were watching Salo. <laughs> so it's like it's reincarnation. What if the soul ended up in like somebody like Ryan Reynolds 
what if it was like joseph stalin like that'd be a fun bit i'm not really sure how that works like do female souls specifically reincarnate into other females or can you transcend sex or gender this is a question I would have to ask one of those girls that charge their crystals in the moonlight and will tell me why I have a headache because Saturn is in retrograde or some bullshit. I don't fucking know. This is a question I would have to ask Carl Sagan. This is a question I would ask Carl Weathers. This is a question I would have to ask Neil deGrasse Tyson. This is a question I would have to ask Bill Nye the Science Guy. This is a question I would have to ask Bill Gates the Computer Guy. This is a question I would have to ask Beekman's world. This is a question I would have to ask Marmaduke. This is a question I would have to ask Carmen San Diego. This is a question I would have to ask Mr. Wizard. This is a question I would have to ask Gandalf the Grey. This is a question I'd have to ask Gandalf the White. This is a question I would have to ask John B. the Genie. This is a question I would have to ask Sinbad the Genie. This is a question I would have to ask Mussolini. This is a question I would have to ask Adolf. <laughs> Oof, oof. What do you think he'd say? Old bratwurst in my sauerkraut. <laughs> if you don't look like Dolph Lundgren, I don't want to know you. Adolf Hitler, 1932. If you don't look like the bad guy from Desperate Housewives Season 3, get off my lawn. Adolf Hitler. Fuck it, I'm going to Argentina. Adolf Hitler, 1945. How do we fit a robot onto a rocket? Adolf Hitler, 1960. How do we turn the werewolves into machines? Adolf Hitler, 1983. So you want me to tell me that I could upload videos of myself lip singing to Britney Spears? Oh, TikTok is amazing. Adolf Hitler, 2018. Oof! These gas prices are outrageous! Adolf Hitler, 2022. Controversial. Yes. Send any complaints to Damn That Scary for 2069. Send any complaints to uh, uh, Slashers. Podcast. We'll send you an apology t shirt (laughs) (laughs) with a picture of Hitler pointing at a gas pump saying, I did that. (laughs) So, this is where the museum staff catch Imhotep in the act of raising the dead. Helen wakes up on the couch at the Whibley's house. How did I get on this couch? Well, my dear, it turns out you fainted. And just then, a museum guard is found dead with the scroll of in his hands. Yeah, it turns out he got bored by the mummy. And he's just assumed to be a thief by all of our human characters. Yeah, but you know what? Fuck him. He's dead forever. Forever. Meanwhile, Frank declares his love for Helen, whom he just met, and she is understandably a bit incredulous, but undeniably intrigued by his game. Well, turns out she's just super horny. Yeah, all the time. That's part of the mummy's curse. Yep. Which makes you hot to trot. In the desert. Yeah. Where the sand is. Yeah. And where there's sand, there's pyramids. And you know what they say. Where there's pyramids, there's Represented entirely by Bast, the Egyptian god of cats. And... Yeah. So Imhotep mummy walks his way into the room where Mina, I mean, uh... I mean, uh... Helen is sleeping. Who's this man? He stares at her like a creepy perv until she eventually wakes up and is just like, okay, what are you doing here, buddy? Why are you looking at me that way? Oh, but she's so into it because she's so... Horny! And he strongly implies that they have met before. Much like the aforementioned Dracula and Mina dynamic. And she is not nearly as freaked out by this as she should be. But no, she's actually, instead of being creeped out, she's actually really nice about it. Mm -hmm. And does this whole, like, she like twirls her finger through her hair, does a little curl thing. Like, looks off to the side and is like, hmm, I think I remember meeting somebody quite like you, Mr. Mummy Man. 
He does have a very uh, unique look. <gasps> oh, my God. This man is my exact double. Yeah. So this is when Joseph and Dr. Mueller enter, and they interrogate Imhotep about the murder at the museum and also his just overall general creepy asshole behavior. I like that they're just like, hey, wait a minute. Are you the mummy? Yeah, are you, are you that mummy? Are you, are you Imhotep? Were you sleeping in a tomb for 3,000 years? Did you pop out back in 1921 and did you kill that guard? Did we recently excavate you from a pyramid? Did we dig up your old bitch? Were you reanimated by a scroll? Does she even like you? Did you used to look like a raisin until uh, your skin was revived? Was this just your high school crush? Would you like to suck my dick? Suck my dick. And they promptly tell Helen to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Helen, get your wet ass pussy out of here. Go in the other room and mix up a bowl of macaroni. That's some wet ass pussy. She's fully hypnotized and super turned on by mummy men. So she says that she must see Imhotep again and soon. Yep. Imhotep drops all pretense of civility. That dog has a puffy tail. Threatens to kill everyone unless he gets his scroll back. <laughs> here, puff. Here, puff. <laughs> and uh, they kind of all just know he's a mummy now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I lo- it was like. It was obvious. Right away. It was, it right was very away. obvious. If Boris Karloff walked into the room right now, I would assume he was some kind of supernatural being. Oh, yeah. No makeup Absolutely. needed. Just something's up with you, man. Like, you are not from this era. You're not yeah, from this he, age. You're not from this eon. He's clearly supernatural. And I'm wondering what part of my body and or being are you here to consume? Suck my dick. Suck my dick. Is what he'd say to me. No, not in my mouth. Yes, Mr. Karloff. Good, good. And later on, he watches Sir Joseph through his magic mirror pool or whatever the fuck it is. Oh, mummy TV. And he sees him burning the scroll. So naturally, he sends him straight to hell with a mummy coronary aneurysm. Yeah, he totally gave Lloyd Bridges a heart attack through MTV. Do you like that? MTV? Mummy TV? That was good. I like that. Yeah. Hey, all right. Thank you. Yeah, he gave him a heart attack through MTV. He dies. He's dead forever. Dead forever. Bored. Bored to death. Bored right in the seminal vesicle. That's what it was. That's in your heart, right? The atrium. Vest deference. The 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 sheshpot. What? It's a medical term. For what? Something I just made up. Zhuzh that sheshpa. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, you're on the bed. Your doctor is just like, you got a problem comes in. with your shit. <laughs> oh, God, no. It's Patch Adams. Why did it have to happen to me, Doc? I'm just dying here, and he's giving me all of his material. You've got cancer in your head. <laughs> Fuck. Funny game golf, isn't it? No, please, no. I'm dying. All right, now, what we're going to do is we're going to hit the ball with the stick. Oh, God, please. I just want to die. Doctor, either suck my dick or get out of here. <laughs> You're not making it any better. Okay, so then Nubian shows up and he drops a piece of paper over the fire, pretending that it's the scroll. He takes the real scroll, scroll back to Imhotep. A clever ruse. A clever, clever ruse. The old switcheroo is what we like to call it, Greg. The old Nubian switcheroo. Uh-oh. So Dr. Mueller tells Frank that Sir Joe was unsuccessful in burning the scroll before his heart got mummy-fucked. And Helen visits Imhotep at his mummy lair, which is just the museum, where he shows her a vision of their sexy past lives as Egyptian slave owners. And I believe that there is an extended cut scene here where their spirits, I guess you call them, transcended eras. There were visions of them in, like, ancient Rome, and then, like, medieval Europe, and then Paris during the Ancien Regime, and then, like, you know, more modern times, like the early 1900s. They had this whole... It was like a montage. Like a panorama. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, a a montage of scenes and time periods (laughs) where these two lovers transcended time and space. But they cut all that bullshit because we just want to see mummies. We want to see mummies sucking the souls out of unsuspecting tomb raiders 
Yeah, this scene got cut, and apparently it did not sit well with a lot of people that worked on the movie, including the actress portraying as Helen. She was actually very vocal about this, and because of her being so vocal about it, it did kind of fuck up her career a bit. Because it was the 1930s, what is this woman talking about? Am I right? Why exactly was she in front of the camera instead of behind it in a couple of rooms over Making a delicious sandwich. <laughs> she thinks that it was actually something personal between her and the director. Apparently, they were at odds with each other the entire time they were filming. He put her through hell. She apparently was difficult to work with. The whole scene got scrapped, cut, out of here. But apparently, it was very important to the plot. It would have made a nice little interlude at this point in the film. Just to kind of break up the monotony of hotel room to museum. Back to hotel room, back to museum. Uh, that's uh, actually a big, yeah, I was actually going to say know? that. The sets of this movie were just very basic. Room. It was like three fucking rooms. And I, I want to say a couple scenes were uh, a driveway as well and like the outside of a museum. But other than that, everything was just like a room, dude. Just a few different rooms and that was it. I think they blew their budget entirely on the mummy makeup, which admittedly was actually quite good. Oh, it was incredible. For the time, fantastic. Not even for the time. For do, do, even for now, like that that makeup was great. I said, "Suck my dick," not Carl Prunes. <laughs> oh, I misunderstood you there, buddy. Clearly, clearly. And here we see Imhotep as a young man stealing the scroll of stuff <laughs> and being condemned for his crimes. And naturally, this leads to him being buried alive in dishonor. And all of this can be seen through MTV music television. <laughs> Mummy television. Oh, Dumbass. man. Yeah. Is this part of the museum? What is this? Yeah. Somehow they installed a, like a vision pool in the middle of the museum exhibit. I think it was like a spa. Did they do it for him or did he do it himself? I don't even know. It was the thirties, dude. Times were different. He has a little used... bit of like a phantom of the opera thing going on here where he's sort of like dominated the space and he's doing his own thing, except he's doing it in an open wing of a museum where guests are absolutely going to come through in the morning when the museum, you know, opens. Yeah, doors. but he'll just kill them. Yeah, I think that's kind of his solution to most problems. Yeah, one he's hypnotize, just... two murder. He's like Oprah with those gifts underneath the seats, but the gift is a heart attack. Third option is seduce, but he doesn't necessarily use it on just anybody. No, he saves that for Helen, this lovely woman who has terrible eyebrows. So naturally, he tells her that their spirits are connected by eternal mummy love. But Frank could actually fuck everything up with his dick, and therefore, he must die. Yep. Helen just starts rambling about Bast, who is the white cat goddess of fertility and childbirth or something like that. Also protection, abortion, fetal violence. Financial wisdom. Ice cream. Recipes. Seafood? Thunder. Lightning. The way you love me is frightening. You better knock, knock, knock on wood. I love a good Don Summers reference. Yeah, so she's babbling on about this shit. You know what? The Egyptians, they prayed to a lot of cats. Held them kind of sacred. Yep. I remember that from eighth grade history class. I remember that from the movie The Pyramid. I'm just kidding. I learned everything I know about history from the movie The Pyramid. That three-sided pyramid. And to a lesser extent, Total Recall. And here comes the hot pot. Just put it on. Be careful. It's my too. Just shoved real hard. When you hear the crunch, you're there. So when Helen is done rambling about Bast and Cats and all of that bullshit, she basically begs Frank to protect her from these violent mummy menaces that keep entering into her life. The mummy urges... And he recognizes that, of course, this is the 1930s, and she's a delusional female, so we might as well just put her to bed to sleep off her hysteria. If anything, you gotta take her to the doctor and have the doctor give her an orgasm. Well, she's lucky she got off without a little slap-slap on the way, if you didn't know what I'm hey, saying. Hey, 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 these aren't Italians, they're Egyptians, all right? Fair enough. Yeah. So Dracula, fuck, I mean Imhotep, yep. telepathically strangles Frank while he is asleep and then hypnotizes Helen again and lures her back to the museum again. He's really good at that. I mean, he's had some practice. 
He dresses her up in the quote-unquote sexy pharaoh costume from the Spirit Halloween website and shows her their sarcophagi. Sarcophagi. He carefully removes her mummy corpse, puts it in the fireplace, and sets the husk ablaze. Yeah, that part was a little confusing because he was talking about how her spirit was in this body, but he had to kill her to put the spirit in this mummy? Well, he had to separate the corporeal form from the spirit form or some such nonsense. He had to clear up the spiritual highway for her current presence to flow back into, you know what? I'm making this all up as I go. I don't fucking know what he was trying to do. I think he did it wrong. Yeah, he started a fire when what he really should have been doing was, uh, you know, buying her flowers. Sure. Putting condoms in his wallet. You know, he listens to one Bruce Springsteen song and he's like, you can't stop fire. You can't stop fire. And then he lit the mummy on fire. When what he really should have been listening to was cutting crew. But she seems entirely nonplussed by this entire situation. This is where she's turned off. Yeah, finally. So he brings her to the altar of Anubis for the final ritual. It's the final. No singing. And this is where she actually has a final moment of clarity and decides that she actually does not want to die for the sake of his boner. She's like, you know, I remember 3,000 years ago, it was like, okay, dick, not the best dick. I bet this other guy, Frank's got some real good dick. So she's just going for the better dick here. Imhotep, you're just not worth it. I don't know. I bet you Boris Karloff hangs dong, though. And then Dracula, I mean Imhotep, hypnotizes her again. And this time, she gives her body to him willingly for the painful sacrifice. I love that he's not even about to use like a normal knife. It's like a, like a steak. It looks like, like he carved it out of, a, out of a piece of wood. Yeah, it looked like a big wooden knife carved into a smaller wooden knife it looks like that pickle the kid in bad santa carved for billy bob thornton oh what's this brown stuff that's blood (laughs) it definitely hasn't been in my ass are you off your fucking meds or something so just as he's about to separate her soul from her body with a very dull ceremonial dagger dick tracy and dr mueller arrive yeah and they disrupt the ceremony just long enough for Helen to call upon the aid of Isis, who shrivels Imhotep into a husk once again. Our heroes attempt to revive Helen, who has collapsed into a pile. She fades in and out of consciousness. Frank says, I'd prefer if you were alive, but one way or another, I'm getting laid tonight. Dr. Mueller shakes his head in disgust, but his enthusiasm for Frank's love life returns when he sees that Imhotep has dissolved into a dusty old skeleton on the floor, and it's... The end! Oh my god, what a journey and hour and minutes. A universal picture. A true classic. everything that we know and love we can thank movies like The Mummy, mm-hmm. Dracula, Wolfman, Frankenstein. Frankenstein, Creature from the Black Lagoon. It's, it's, Boris Karloff is so important to horror and cinema. God damn it. I'm going to go off and say that I'm giving this movie four out of five scaries. You lost a star due to lack of tits. And obviously there's no gore because it's the 30s. The movie is actually pretty well done. It is straight up a ripoff of Dracula. And this is also like the first like universal monster that wasn't based on a book. True. Uh, it was actually based on a true story of the, the finding of King Tut's tomb in 1925. 100% true. Yes. All of this is actually a true story. Yes. A mummy accurate. did rise from the finding of that tomb. It did have a spiritual bond with a contemporary woman who it hypnotized, lured, and attempted to sacrifice only to be saved by Dick Tracy and his doctor friend. Yeah, or, you know, Van Helsing and Jonathan Harker, whatever. Same difference. Yeah. Or to put it another way, it's a made-up story and also a rip-off of Bram Stoker's Dracula. But it's still good. I still love it. And Boris Karloff was incredible, as always. Kills it in this role as the mummy. The special effects are actually very impressive for the time. 
and of all time, Very. as you said earlier. Yeah. Um, the acting really isn't terrible. It's what you'd expect from this era. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is a black and white film, so you really you don't have a lot in terms of visuals. But you do have some very nice scenes of the mummy mostly staring directly at you and opening its eyes. Hypnotizing the viewer, so to speak. Yeah, a nice little glow. The director, Fritz, Joe Carl Freund. Um, uh, Sigmund Freud. He's really not bad at what he does. Uh, in fact, he went on to develop something very innovative in the realm of sitcom cinematography, where he innovated the multi-camera setup for sitcom production, which allowed reruns without having to perform the same show live every couple hours to accommodate for time zones. So that's impressive to me. That's just a little tidbit of information for both you, my friend, and the listeners out there. And I got to say, that adds to the score, of course, a respectable director behind the wheel. So, uh, you know, just to make it quick here, I love me some mummies, love a good husk, especially when wrapped in bandages. I love the whole plot line, even if it is just Dracula. I still love Dracula, even in its weaker, uh, you know, more watered-down forms. We had some good special effects. We had some uh, hilarious performances. We had a scene where a man pretending to be an immortal mummy hypnotizes a man into having a heart attack. Can't go wrong with that. (laughs) No, you can't. So needless to say, I'm giving this one a straight up five out of five. Oh, unprecedented! This is big. This is really big. Greg, what are we doing next week? Well, we're probably going to do a movie that has a Dracula in it. No. I'm just kidding. It's going to be a mummy movie. There's going to be a mummy. There's going to be a shriveled husk of a man in a sarcophagus wrapped in dusty bandages and some interloping tomb robber is going to come upon him lying in wait. He's going to bust out with sex on his mind, and who knows what happens then. You'll just have to wait and see on the next episode of Damn, Damn That's, that's Mummy. Oh. oh yeah, well, oh, sorry. I kind of just I threw that out there without warning you. Now, Greg, I know we went uh, modern, and then we took a step back to the 80s. We went back to the 30s. I'm thinking we do something a little newer, but ah, let's do something real fucking obscure. I want something a little turn of the century. I want something with boobs. It has been a titless month, and I am not okay with that. Seriously, it turns out that these mummy movies really don't have a lot to offer when it comes to breasts. I just watched that movie, Salo, and you know how many cocks I had to see sitting through that shit? I'd be happy if you never mentioned that again. I won't. Thank you. Today. And with that said, why don't you love each other? Care for one another. But most importantly, keep it focused! Damn, that's scary. The fellatio episode. (laughs) I can't work under these conditions. Control yourself or I'm out of here. You fool! (laughs) God damn it. Oh, shit.